Welcome to the Two Wealth Show, a show that shares how you can create real wealth for you and your family. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Bogard, and my co-host is Elizabeth Sickles, a.k.a. Super E. I am a real estate note investor specializing in performing residential real estate debt. I find the deals, acquire them for my own portfolio, as well as educate investors while walking them through the process of owning a real estate note. My co-host, Super E, a real estate investor, specializing in short-term rentals and the management of them. She connects investors with short-term tenants and manages everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. You can find out more information by visiting our websites at brightpathnotes.com and elizabethmayora.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 23. We're almost to the end of the season. We are. And being close to the end of the season, we want to talk to you about the fact that we're in fourth quarter and we only have two months really left in 2021. There's not enough time. There's not enough time left. What am I going to do? Exactly. Got to reach them goals. Yes. So we got goals to talk about and we've got marketing to talk about because if you're not on track to meet your goals, what changes, what tweaks can you make to make sure that you meet them by the end of the year since we are fast approaching? That's right. Elizabeth, um, so a lot of people get distracted. I noticed uh, specifically in our real estate business and they want to go after everything. They want to do everything. They want to be involved with everything. As far as, uh, let's say to say they're uh, um, someone that like I do, I do note investing. So there's performing loans, there's non-performing loans, there's sub-performing loans, there's seconds, there's firsts, there's um, seller financing, there's you know note creation, there's all sorts of things you can go into just within this niche business of note investing. And when I first got into to the note business, I kind of was in all directions because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I kind of found and landed on performing loans as like, it just what, it's what suited me. It was, it was available. I didn't have a lot of competition with it. seems like a lot of people do non-performing. So I, I do non-performing stuff, but I really focus on performing um, because I know who I'm selling to, right, Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I know the end product that I have to deliver to somebody and I just, I just see a lot of um, people that are young into a real estate business. They kind of want to do everything. They don't really know who they're selling to. And so I've kind of rewired my brain a little bit to think as if I'm a big box store, so to speak, to where I look at it as I know who my customer is or who my avatar is. And I don't know who, uh, what kind of product they want to buy. And that's what I want to serve to them. I want to serve them that pizza that they want to buy. Um, so is that the kind of the way you tackle with your business? Absolutely. So we have two types of target audience. So one is a target audience for the clients. So those are the property owners. And the other um, audience that we have are our clients, or excuse me, are our guests. So the people actually staying in our properties. And one of the areas that, you know, we said that we're going to talk about marketing is that we have shifted our focus on our guests to going after medical professionals because they're here for weeks, sometimes months, sometimes months at a time. And we want those bookings. 
Yeah. So we're starting a whole new campaign on how do we attract uh, medical professionals? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of the longer short stay, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. And, you know, if you think about, you know, especially with our business, you know, we have a lot of turns. We have a gazillion turns every weekend. And the more, you know, obviously our higher occupancy, which we have higher prices on the weekend. But if we can get somebody in there for two or three months at a time, especially since we're going into the winter months here, that's so much better. We don't have to go in and do additional checks of the property when we don't have guests in there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then you you're probably lower your your operating expenses, so to speak, with people coming in and cleaning and you know doing that transition from guest to from old guest to new guest, check in and check out, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that makes total sense. So it's the longer short stay is the sweet spot for you. <laughs> I like it. The longer short stay, <laughs> uh, you know. And with us, you know, Justin mentioned niche. So think about too. What what is your niche? You know, for us, you know, there are a lot of vacation rentals, but we're urban, which is a huge niche market, or it's a small um, niche market in the short term rental vacation rental space. So, what area are you in, and how can you be more niche? And then the other part of that is how can you market to the, that audience and to really capitalize on your niche. What are the effective ways to market too? Um, I've found that Elizabeth, um, sometimes it's not just uh, email marketing or SEO marketing or text message marketing or cold calling marketing or delivering something in the mail type of marketing called direct mail. Uh, there's there's different ways to attract that that client or that that guest, right? And it's like which which way is works the best? And the kind of answer is they all work. Some of them work are more effective than others, depending on maybe the um, the gender of the person or the age of the person or the, you know, what type of hobbies or activities do they do? Um, I kind of dove a little deeper with kind of my uh, investing group that invests with us and kind of got um, familiarity as to who they are, kind of what attributes are associated with them and what 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 is common with that group. So that I could focus on, okay, that person really fits really well with our business and it works, right? It makes sense. And you see all the stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, I'd never realized that some of these people are more scientific, right? They have more of a science type of background or analytical background. And so they, I kind of, I kind of, um, I'm geared more towards them. So it's interesting when you kind of dive into the specifics of the individual investor and find out more than just, yeah, they, they, they've met the requirements of the capital requirement. Right. But beyond that, like what, what specifically uh, who they are, what makes them up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just for, even for our audience, you know, the more, you know, who you're going after, the better your marketing can be so that you, you get those people or that person, you know, as a client, as a customer. <clears throat> so detail yeah. is, is really important. It is. It's not just like, oh, I'll just get on Facebook and do a Facebook ad to a bunch of random people and be like, I, I got a, like a, a half a percent response rate. <laughs> you scratch your head wondering, like, why isn't this working? It's it's because you have to get granular. You have to really understand your audience. And that, that's what's great about our businesses is that, you know, they yes, they are niche within real estate, but they can be even more niche within that real estate business. And then you can really slice off a different section that you uh, 
essentially have don't have a lot of competition too. And there's always somebody wanting to that that needs what you're offering, and you just have to know how to find them. And once you figure it out, it's kind of a sweet little thing. Absolutely. And you know, I think one area that um, you know people you know, and we always talk about Facebook and and Instagram. But I have a coaching client that said, "Hey, are you on TikTok?" And because her her full time job is marketing, and I said, "No, we're not." And she said, "I see a ton of stuff on TikTok for short term property rental management and all kinds of stuff." So. If you're not on TikTok, there can be a huge business use um, to that platform as well. So we're actually exploring um, starting to add TikTok to our social media because it is so popular and it's so popular with every age group. So that that's awesome. And um, I'm always it's always funny when I hear people talk about the things that work for them and how what works for us is just a little bit different. Um, so it's like just understanding who your clientele is and understanding for your situation, who your guests are as well is, is great. Um, it's always changing, Elizabeth. It's um, you kind of have to keep up with marketing and it's an ever changing things as far as how to sell your product or service and how to get in front of the right people. And, and I've learned the past couple of years, I've ramped more of my efforts with, you know, our resources towards the front end of our operation, as far as what I call like you know, lead generation of our investors and kind of lead generation of sourcing some of our deals as well. And it seems like, you know, we're not balanced like 50, 50, we're, we're more, you know, 65% heavy towards the front end of it. And then, cause we know the back end of it, so it's a little bit easier to, to off load our inventory because, you know, a lot of people are looking for inventory and solid investments right now. So it's not a challenge to um, dispose of them. Right. But the, uh, to acquire them, it's a little bit different. And, and so we, we're going after our inventory as well as our clientele that's going to end up buying our inventory as well. That's awesome. You know, and Justin, kind of just to expand. So I was very against TikTok. You know, it's owned by the Chinese and, uh, um, no, but they're tracking us on Google and Facebook and everything else with everything we do. So <laughs> my thought is, well, what's one more app? And if you know right. if it's going to help us meet our goals, then we're going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So we're heading. We are in the fourth quarter. We have a couple of months left to go. So should people be already kind of buttoning up the the end of the year, trying to reach those goals, and then also reviewing what has gone on the first three quarters and part way through the fourth quarter and setting the expectation going into 2022? Uh, absolutely. Cause January 1st is just around the corner, which is hard Coming to up quickly. Right. <clears throat> Elizabeth, do you have a budgeting um, like amount in mind when you go into a due year or is it just like, I know I have to just put some effort into here and then understanding what your profitability is knowing it, you know, if that's the right amount of money to spend on it, like what, what is your game plan or how does it look or is it just ever evolving? We have an overall budget and then it's, it's always changing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and one of the things that was nice, I mean, I'm all about travel. Um, but the fact that we didn't have, we just had, well, I've been to two conferences so far this year. We have another one next month. Um, but the fact that we haven't had the travel expenses that we normally have. So we're putting that money into marketing. So, you know, there's always shifting that you can do once you have that budget. Right. 
Okay. I'll be going to a conference pretty soon here. Um, I'm not sure when this episode is going to air, but in, in the early November timeframe, we'll be going to Dallas to one of our bigger uh, conferences. So that'll be exciting to, to go to another live event. So hopefully I'll, I'll learn some more uh, knowledge from other people in our industry and I can be able to take that information and apply it to my business and, and make it better. Absolutely. We just had our international conference for the Vacation Rental Management Association in Texas, in San Antonio, and we had over 1,600 participants. Uh, so that's not including vendors um, and suppliers. Okay. So it was it was fantastic to see everybody again. And what city was this in? I'm sorry. San Antonio. San Antonio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be near there. I'll be in uh, Dallas, Texas in a couple weeks. Absolutely. And, you know, I will, you know, just tell our listeners and viewers too that anytime you can go in person, it makes such a huge difference. Just those personal connections that you make. And, you know, you can talk about all different topics. You never know where the conversation is going to lead. So I definitely encourage folks, if they can, if they feel comfortable um, to go, go to these conferences and meet people and expand your, you know, expand what you know. Well, uh, someone in one of my networking groups always says us that says this and it's so true. He's like, you don't know who they know. And it's like, you need to treat people with kindness and you're respectful for them. And, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your part, you know, you don't know who they know and who they could introduce you to. So it's always an extension of somebody else. So when you go to that conference and you're meeting, you know, hundreds of people, um, Sometimes something resonates with somebody be like, oh, yeah, I talked to Elizabeth and she's in Indianapolis and be like, if you're looking for that, connect with her. Then all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's a connection, you know, twice removed from somebody that you got to you. And it's just it's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Never underestimate the, the power <laughs> of those personal connections. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, what else do we need to be worried about going into the fourth quarter? Well, you should probably make sure you have your Christmas gifts early. <laughs> oh gosh. You've seen stores. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, make, make sure you're prepared to uh, hit the Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday sales on Amazon, right? That's right. That's that's exactly right. As soon as they open. <laughs> that's right. I'm not a store person. I don't I don't go to the store. I've never waited on Black Friday before. I think I've visited like a Lowe's or someplace that people typically won't go to on a black Friday, but I've, I've, I've never understood people going to a big box store, um, and waiting in line. So I'm not trying to offend anybody listening to this or, or watching this right now, this feed, but, uh, that's just not for me. Are, are you like that? I am not a black Friday person. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I always love shopping online. I was like, I feel like I was one of the first people that started to do that. And it's just, life is so much easier. You just, Oh yeah, I need this. I pop online. I, I go ahead and buy it, and shows up a couple of days later. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, absolutely, you know. Which you know, speaking of, you know, not liking you know Black Friday, but we do like being in the black on our books. So yeah. financials yeah, are. Um, I would say you know just kind of to Justin's <clears throat> point is you know if you don't have a good CPA, if you don't have a good bookkeeper. Get that done. That should be a one priority, um, especially yeah. if you're looking at any type <clears throat> of um, big money coming in before the end of the year. So you want to be able to offset that income with any type of expenses that's going to lower your tax burden. So make sure you're talking to a qualified professional on that and plan that accordingly. That's some great advice and a necessity to do. I, I wish there was somebody 
that could just uh, list all the things out you need to do when you start a business and whatever you do. But it's just not possible, is it? There's just there's some core things that you you know you want to have you know some sort of attorney that's you know represents the type of business that you do. You know, if you're in real estate, you probably want to know some title companies. You probably want to know some other investors, right? You probably want to know who can help you know mentor you or coach you. And then, as far as the business side of it, there's not really you know an expert per se in our real estate world that's an expert in real estate finances, right? It's just you want to find somebody that can kind of educate you on how a business should be ran. Um, even though all businesses are different and unique, you still need to understand the core concepts of business. So like people that have a business degree, obviously have a step up from, you know, folks like you and I that, you know, don't necessarily have a, a full business degree, but we just kind of have to pick up and learn pretty quickly <laughs> as to what to do. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and learn by trial and error as yeah. a point to our last podcast <clears throat> Yeah, Sean Holstapple. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the ups and downs of, of running your business. And, you know, that's, I guess that's one of the, the nice things about you and I doing this podcast together when we interview these people and learn where they started from and where they're at today. Like there, there's, a, there's a commonality with them, right? There's, there's kind of a similar background story, not necessarily if they were from, you know, the wrong side of the track or the right side of the tracks. It's just, you know, they all kind of struggled in a similar way as far as like, okay, I, I figured out, I knew what I wanted to do. And then I figured it, and then I had to figure out how to do it. And everyone always talks about, you know, running the business numbers and just having, you know, an eye-opening experience going, all right, that's a whole nother subject matter that I have to focus on in order for me to be profitable. It's not just like finding a great deal and selling a great deal, making a great amount of money. It's, it's how do you maintain that, that, profit without giving away the farm, right? And setting up your business the right way and having the right people analyze the stuff for you and itemize it in your books. And it's a, it can be a, an eye-opening experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Absolutely. At least, yeah. Elizabeth, I want to kind of jump off topic a little bit and I want to go um, to you and then back to me. And I want us to answer a couple of questions, maybe one or two, if we have time on some people that come into our specific businesses and what is some very common questions that get asked to you. So just for full disclosure, Elizabeth teaches a lot about what she does with short-term rentals and running a business like that. And I do the same thing as well with real estate note investing. And we both have groups that meet once a month and we all have um, side classes that we do as well. So Elizabeth, if you can pick, you know, kind of one question that is very common for new people trying to get into your business that we could help them out with. Let's kind of explore what what uh, some solutions are for them maybe on air right now. One of the things, um, especially my coaching students, a lot of times they don't know, they have no idea where to start. They know they want to buy a property. So it goes back to know your numbers. Um, that's the big, know what you need and know your numbers. So yeah. talk with the CPA, especially if you're W-2 even if you're not W-2, but do you need to buy for appreciation? Do you need to buy for cash flow? When you know those up front, you can make a much better investment. Exactly. So Elizabeth, some of the most common questions to me when people are looking at real estate deals, especially in the note space, is they're not understanding how to calculate their return correctly. And they get confused with ROI and yield. 
And we just did a very uh, detailed broadcast on this on our monthly meetup that we did a couple weeks ago on our YouTube channel. So check it out if you want. It's called Yield versus ROI. And so people would mistakenly calculate ROI on a passive note investment as opposed to calculating the yield to know what their profitability is. So they they would come up with these numbers and be like, I'm I'm only making 3% on this return. This doesn't seem like a good deal. I'm like, no, you're, you're doing it wrong. And, and they get confused. And so we had to break down the numbers and say, look, an ROI is a fixed investment to where you invest in something and then you wait for the lump sum return, right? And then you look back on it and you can analyze that if you want, if it took you know over a year. On a yield, you're looking at basically a cash flowing investment and you're looking at the projectability, you know, forward thinking into the future and knowing what that, uh, profitability is measured on what that number is. And so once we kind of explain that to people, they're just like, oh, okay. Because we always have people that tell us like, this this isn't a good deal. The ROI on this, I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on. The ROI is not how you're calculating this investment. You know, if it's a non-performing loan, then yeah, there, there's going to be no cash flow, right? So it would you would do an ROI calculation, but on a performing passive investment, it's a yield calculation. So that's kind of the number one thing that people, uh, when they're buying notes for the first time, they get confused on. So. And that's huge. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So Elizabeth, we are we're out of time for this episode. It kind of went by pretty quickly, but um, we well we wanted to remind our listening audience and our viewing audience that you know catch us on our YouTube channels, uh, Bright Path Notes YouTube channel and Elizabeth Mayor's YouTube channel as well. Elizabeth has Elizabeth Mayor University uh, that she offers for training and mentoring and coaching. And then I have a constant cash flow course you can find it on Bright Path Notes website under constant cash flow that you can sign up and get uh, some training on how to be a note investor as well. So without further ado, Elizabeth, thanks for being on this episode 23 with me. We only got a couple more left till the end of the year. So I'm excited for that and getting into season four. So I'm Justin Bogart with Bright Path Notes. And I'm Elizabeth with Elizabeth Mayora. Thanks everybody. Next time. See you guys. Bye. Two Wealth Show is produced by Justin Bogart and Super E, sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. Thanks for listening and watching for our show.